0: thinking about writing and playfulness. Um, Playing doesn't necessarily necessitate, um, you don't have to have a product. It's kind of cool when it happens, but maybe give yourself the freedom to not come up with a product. Like if you don't come up with that idea that's going to turn into a book, maybe just let yourself play. You don't have to get there. That's the other thing, like playing doesn't have to end up somewhere. And if you put this, uh, I have to get something out of it at the end, then you've taken the play out of it. I think.
1: Welcome to The Habit Podcast, conversations with writers about writing. I'm Jonathan Rogers, your host. In February of this year, I hosted a retreat for the Writers in the Habit membership. It was an incredibly heartening weekend. And by the way, if you aren't already part of the Habit membership, you can find out more at thehabit.co. Anyway, our theme for the retreat was creativity and play. And of the writers I know, the one who most fully embodies the relationship between creativity and play is my old friend, Katie Bowser-Hudson. So I invited Katie to be our special guest on the first night of the retreat. We broke tacos, and then we had the lovely conversation that you're about to hear. Katie Bowser-Hudson was my guest on the very first episode of The Habit Podcast back in May of 2019. So I was thrilled to have her back on this, the 194th episode. Well, welcome to a live recording of the Habit Podcast. Tonight, I'm talking with uh, Katie Bowser-Hudson, uh, who is a singer-songwriter. She is a poet. Uh, she is a, a children's minister. Um, we are at the um, the Habit Winter Writers' Retreat, and our topic this weekend is uh, play and creativity. And um, I've always associated... Katie since I 've known her with play and creativity hmm. um, and so she was who I wanted to come talk tonight now what I didn 't realize is that she is actually starting to write about specifically about play and creativity, and so it was a a happy, um, a happy providence uh, that I when I asked Katie, she said, "I'm doing that anyway so she's been thinking about these things so I think this is going to be a, a, a fun conversation tonight. So, Katie Bowser-Hudson, thank you for being here tonight.
0: Thank you for having me, Jonathan. <laughs> this is <one. laughs> fun.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure the first work of yours I ever actually knew was the Coltrane Railroad jazz record for children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, children's music done in the form of jazz music mm-hmm. in, I think it was 2011, so 11, uh, 12 years ago.
0: That sounds about, yeah, sounds about right. Um,
1: And so there's so much in jazz that is playful, that is improvisational. Um, I suspect you have some things to say about jazz and improvisation and play. And and I could ask you a question if you want.
0: Uh, Or I could just start talking about that because I love talking about all of those things. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, especially it, it, um, when Coltrane Railroad happened, it came out of, um, I, I was making grown-up music at the time. I was doing the Nashville Indie Singer-Songwriter thing, but when I wasn't on the road, I was babysitting mm. for um, my friend Chris Donahue, who is this amazing bass player. Um, Chris is a, a bass player and a songwriter. He's played with emil Harris for a long time, um, and he has, he had one little girl at the time. He had one little baby, and he's like, when you're not on the road, you're kind of good with kids. Could you watch Maeve? (laughs) Like, yeah, I could do that because I could use the cash too and that would be wonderful. And they were just an amazing family to be around. So when I was home, um, I would take Maeve and put her in a little baby carrier and walk all over East Nashville Which wasn't quite as safe at the time. You kind of had to choose your route. (laughs) Had to choose your route at the time. But I would walk to this German bakery like a mile away, and I would sing to Maeve, and we would. um, I mean, if you're walking and you're with a baby, you know, if you hang around babies, you know that rhythm. Can you see me? Uh, You can't see me on the podcast, but I'm I'm doing the baby the baby um, sway right now, (laughs) and it just gives. I mean, being around children. Um, It tends to put you in a playful mood. Um, And I would write these little songs for Maeve. So we wrote, um, My Belly Button Stays the Same. (laughs) It goes, um, goes, um, Eyes and elbows, fingers and toes. Knees and feet, they all grow. My fingers get longer, my legs do too. My nose looks neat, my face looks new. I haven't sung this in a while. (laughs) No matter what my body has in mind, one thing is for sure I find my belly button stays the same. (laughs) It was so, it was just so much fun to do. So we made three Three railroad records. Yeah. Oh, oh, so that we it ended up there because I was playing blocks with Maeve, who's like at the toddler age where they still topple, and yeah. we'd sit her up and put pillows around her, and we were playing blocks. And Chris, Chris came in and um, said, "Do you want to you do something with those?" I was like, "Yeah, let's do that." He'd been, uh, he didn't, he was on my adult album, um, and and then uh, I was like, "Yeah, let's try that." So we made some albums. Yeah yeah but i guess so as far as um talking about creativity and writing and jazz and oh gosh i'm not sure which intersection to even go with here but um how about this kids are are a natural audience for jazz because children are naturally improvisatory they turn things on their heads they flip things around they don't even think twice about looking at something from a different perspective and so when you're around children you kind of can't help but looking at things out of whatever set of blinders you've been even looking at them in yeah yeah
1: and you know think about something like scat singing that's Mm -hmm. what babies are doing all the time (laughs) That's that's all they do is that sort of Scat singing.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's exactly what they do. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. yeah, they just kind of—they're just playing all the time and singing. Uh, oh, did you do you remember we had one called "My Mouth and Me"? <laughs> yeah. it, it's that's. I'm in a really good mood, Jonathan. Sorry, hey, I'm hey, very great. chatty tonight. You yeah, think no you might? This is great. Yeah. <laughs> Are
1: you gonna sing it for us? I uh,
0: see. I um, see. I like to go ha ha ha, and you go ha ha ha. I like to go he he he. He, he, he. I like to go. <laughs> we have a lot of fun, my mouth and me. And the whole song is like that. <laughs> it's just, it. Yeah, we yeah. just, it's the whole song. Is just, oh, it's, Amazing what my mouth can make, my lips and tongue and teeth. A million sounds more to be found. We have a lot of fun, in my mouth and me. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love it. But the what one one thing you're doing there is playing around with sounds before uh-huh. before you get to meaning. Uh-huh. Which is kind of what poets do sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't write a lot of poetry, but I get the impression from poets that do that's Do you not like it. you don't write poetry? Not really, no. Okay.
0: just curious. Yeah. 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 We never really talked about that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um you write a lot but, of books. Yeah. Okay. But they aren't poetry books. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so, um, but the, that idea of caring about the sound before you care about what the sounds mean. Yeah. I mean, that's something kids do. And it's not the only way to get writing done, but it's a way to get writing done.
0: It is. You know what it makes me think of? I probably brought this up on a podcast another time because it's one of my you've probably brought this up to you okay here's our Annie Dillard let's go ahead and get into Annie Dillard for the <laughs> night but uh, you know somewhere in the writing life she talks about a writing professor who's walking across the quad I you guys can go fact check this because I'm gonna this is at this point it's apocryphal or something but um, a student runs up is like I really want to be a writer do you think I have what it takes and this professor stops and sighs and goes well I don't know do you like sentences <laughs> and that's kind of yeah. same kind of idea for a writer. It's yeah. like, do you like to make sentences? Do you like, do you like to play with words and see what happens when I put together a sentence and it locks in and it feels good? Yeah. And then put it with other. Yeah. Because yeah. if you uh, and she, then she goes on and talks about a painter too, and talks about some famous painter who someone asked how they got into it, and they're like, I like the way paint smells. <laughs> you know, it's like, do you like yeah. the tools of your craft?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because so if not, good.
0: it's not gonna. Yeah. It's not going to be any fun for you. Yeah, that's yeah. so
1: good. Um, by the way, can I just mention? Uh, I think my favorite line on the the uh, Coltrane Railroad Swings album <laughs> is uh, about. There's a song about getting dirty, and dirt, dirt is the name. Of okay, <laughs> all right, and and you say. Uh, what am I supposed to do? This stuff is everywhere.
0: <laughs> what am I supposed to do? This stuff is everywhere. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <And> dirt. <it's> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry. I, I didn't mean to step on your line. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's such a childlike view of dirt, though. And <laughs> when they're being told to, to stay clean. And yeah. Stuff is everywhere. It's like, what I to do? Is, it's great. Yeah,
0: that... Um, we had, we, we had a fun thing we got to do one time. We got to play at Wolf Trap, like the big uh, outdoor amphitheater thing in Northern Virginia. And it was so cool, because that's when I was growing up. We used to go there, and like I saw Baryshnikov. There's coffee. It's like, I can't believe we get to play. But um, we had the honor of the, the National... Wildlife Federation, I forget, we, we, they had a contest um, promoting kids going outdoors and we got to present the dirtiest kid in America.
1: <laughs> like we, we got to sing that
0: song with a, a, an unbelievably dirty child projected
1: behind <laughs> us, it was really fun. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> um, so here's, here's something I want to, uh, an idea I want to throw out there and see, see what you, you think about it, um, I've been thinking about the idea that play is a posture toward reality. Can
0: I write that down? <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, okay. Sure. Okay.
1: But, but a, a child, at, uh, let's not say a child at play, just say a child
0: uh-huh. looks at
1: the world and says, this is too wonderful. What's what, what someone saying? Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot comprehend it. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a child's posture toward the world. Whew. It's there. It's real. It makes sense, it makes sense to somebody. Yes. It doesn't make sense to me. And in the face of that, the child plays.
0: I think you just, I think I just spent a couple months trying to get to what you just said. (laughs) That was just so beautifully put. Um, Yeah, that um, I've been thinking about all the things that play isn't. Uh-huh. Um, and uh-huh. all the things that play is, play is conjoined with or next to, yeah. but that it's not necessarily. Uh, we talked about, you brought up, what's the the, the paper book? Um, uh,
1: the uh, uh, leisure book. It's uh, yeah. uh, uh, in my uh, bag. Hang on. The Leisure, the Basis of Culture.
0: Leisure, the Basis of Culture. Excellent book. Kind of heady and philosophical, but really good. Yeah. Um, play isn't leisure, it, it, there, but play can go with leisure. Um, play... Um, play isn't work necessarily, but play can go with work. you can you can do work, and wait, how did you say that? Play a posture towards the world. A,
1: a posture toward reality. towards
0: reality. oh, that's yeah. yeah, yeah um a, a posture. I don't know. what to Even know. that was fantastic. So yeah, it's it's a posture you could take towards work. Yeah. it's a posture you take towards writing. Yeah. it's a posture. I mean, I don't know where we're going to go here, but it's a posture you take towards towards. I mean, even sorrow. Mm. Um, as I consider, as I'm considering this book, I don't, am, I, am I supposed to do this like before before I get the book deal? Yeah, I don't know. Am I supposed to? Yeah,
1: let's, let's just talk about what you're writing. We don't have to. You don't have to call it a book. It's just what you are been oh, I'm working just on. just something
0: I'm working on. Okay. Yeah. But um, I've looked at it in three chunks. Um, I'm looking at it in three chunks. I've been looking at my own life and my own world um, in terms of how I've done play. So my, woo, that was fun. The fire just did a thing. If you're Mm -hmm. listening on the podcast, it was cool. Um, I've been looking at play in my own life and my own experience. I've been looking at play historically and how it's Mm -hmm. been considered. Um, There's some really there's some really fun treatises and doctrines and theologies of, of play mm-hmm. over time and, and in different different cultures and i've been considering play in the trinity mm. um how does the trinity play among itself how does how does god the father play how does god the son play how does god the holy spirit play with us and in creation and there's there's just so it, and if you look at that as a posture um, towards reality, man. I think, yeah, you just you just got it. Um, it. It it changes so much, and the more I think about play, the more I think about you can't play without having faith.
1: Hmm. What does that mean?
0: I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can play and not and not uh, with, without some element of trust. Uh huh. Um, if you go into something. If you're going into something without playing, let's let's say we have an absence of play. You're going in. Um, hmm. I, I think about an absence of joy, an absence of hope, an absence of possibility. Uh huh. Um, that when you have play there, there's so much possibility. There's kid. The, there's the idea that something could happen. That's something I haven't thought of before.
1: <laughs> yeah. That you're, yeah. you're,
0: there's, there's room for um, being surprised. There's room mm-hmm. for exploration. Yeah. And so you stop thinking outside of a closed system, and go, what could somebody bigger and better than me, or even other than me but good, what could happen mm-hmm. if, if I, if I'm, if I'm playing in this world? With another person with god in this world that he's created and that he continues to to make happen okay is it is it here we go again chesterton and mcdonald i think it's chesterton but um the the daisy quote the thing about god and, and the mon- the god
1: e- keeps e- making daisies because he likes making daisies the
0: beautiful monotony of it yeah is yeah. he strong enough to be to do something that monotonous over and over and go do it again do it again yeah you know? yeah oh yeah that we have a coltrane song
1: do it again no that's right
0: do it again, do it again, do it again, again, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again, again. It's the, yeah. the toddler mantra, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 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 But also the according and, to Chester, the mantra of the creator.
0: Yeah, and the mantra of the creator. So look how children yeah. show us, yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. You you mentioned the the way the Trinity plays, and I feel like you missed an opportunity to <laughs> talk about something that I know you've done some thinking about, and that is the um, Christ plays in ten thousand places. The, yeah, yeah. the line from um, our poet,
0: Gerard Manley that's Hopkins. That's the one. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I missed an opera. I kind of feel like you sure you don't want to do it because you sound like you, you got all teed up. About it. I, well,
1: I'm... <laughs> i I'm, I'm teeing you up. I'm not teeing myself up.
0: Well, that's kind. Um, so uh, <clears> our. <throat> How about this? If you're a writer, and I'm sitting here in a room full of writers who are considering it, and you have a little time this weekend and you're stuck, um, there's there's no better idea than just go, we're in this beautiful location. Go walk outside and um, just pick one little spot. You know, pick one little spot and, and look real close. Um, I think... I think artists and writers can get all stuck with ideas, um, and it's it's real good to just look at right where you are and slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, Andrew Peterson was in the back of the room here, and we were chatting about Sabbath. Um, I was just telling him, have you guys read Abram uh, Heschel's book, Sabbath? It's this little book. It's, it's full of good stuff. He was um, a rabbi, maybe in the Forties, fifties, sixties. But he talks about how Judaism is a religion less of things than of space. Mm. And oh no, no, not space, time. Okay. That's an important difference. <laughs> it's a religion of time that it hallows and makes precious time. That Judaism thinks in terms of time being a precious thing. Mm. And that helps me a lot because I get real stuck in um, in time in the sense of chronos this this thing that that i get stuck in and patterned in i have i have a phone that keeps me on it all the time i have patterns that my children are in i have things that i have to do and the idea of somebody saying that um time is um this precious thing that's to be hallowed pulls the rug out out from under how i think about things
1: it's too precious to be managed the way we manage
0: to parcel huh? it out like that yeah, yeah. and I, I would imagine around this crew there have been conversations about how our time is constantly being commodified right now mm-hmm. little bits of our attention uh we're like when we use our phones when we're when we're on social media people are buying our time all the time are being paid for our time all the time yeah yeah and we give it to them yeah and people i mean there are there are good things i'm not saying it's all bad but it's it's distinctly the model and when you keep your time and you are just still and when you notice things and when you create uh yeah. we're working in a different realm there
1: yeah yeah and and play almost by definition takes you out of that sort of time management mode oh, I unless, unless you're yeah. playing basketball or football <laughs> which has a clock. But oh yeah
0: time of, so okay so if we play games we have parameters right- uh-huh. we can put parameters around ways that we play when we mm-hmm. play games yeah that's a fun thing to think about then there's just there's just free play too where mm. you just um you sit around and mess around with something um yeah. you know from another podcast we did where I I read um I have this I have a book of I have this book of poetry now I lay me down to fight but one and there isn't. I kind of stuck in it. It's not really a poem. It's called, a, I, I call it a page run. And I do this just about every day where I just set a timer for 10 minutes and I write and I don't stop. And it doesn't matter what comes out mm-hmm. at all. Sometimes it's, it's. sometimes it's, it doesn't, yeah, there's all kinds of days where it's just blah, 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 blah. Sometimes I literally write blah, 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 blah. But yeah. I just have to keep writing. and I'm And I'm usually surprised that usually there's some gem in there. That if I just um let myself play a while. Um, and and I play this game with myself and I say, It doesn't matter what you get, don't worry about don't worry about quality so much, just go play a little bit. Yeah. Um and it's a game I play against myself where I trip myself up and I, I stop having to worry so much about what I'm making. Yeah. You guys doing any of that? you guys doing any free writing at this thing? No. Just play Okay, that's cool. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean
1: that's not part of the plan. That's cool. If you, <laughs> I do what, well, well, Why don't you have your own retreat? You do whatever you want to. I, well, no, don't right in the middle of things suggest I, new... Uh,
0: I'm sorry, I can't stay. I want to stay the whole weekend. <laughs>
1: um, Evan, since you've been talking, I'm thinking Madeline Langle <laughs> talking about um, watching her son play with blocks and uh-huh. and try to build a tower, and he's so focused on it, and he's working so hard and he forgets about time, and the, and the tower falls over, and then he has to build it back, and he's frustrated, but he keeps doing it, and it's play, but it's work, and that seems super relevant to the work that's of That's super relevant. Work, you know, all creative yeah, work.
0: The, you just keep teeing him up. You are so kind. <laughs> um, but yeah, pl- play and play and work are not mutually exclusive, right? Yeah. Uh, how about this, when I do my work, and I, fr- I think that's part of the thing. I've been doing some work this year, um, I'm in children's ministry right now. I took a job for a year and a half here doing children's ministry. And I love the parts of the job where I actually get to prepare storytelling for children and mm-hmm. where I get to teach people how to do that. But there's also things like spreadsheets that need to be made. Mm-hmm. And it just grinds the left part of my brain. It is mm-hmm. really hard for me. Mm-hmm. I can do it, but it but it really, like, it. it's hard for me and um to do it consistently i'm i am i am not a very useful human being when it comes to daily things (laughs) and and those ways like those those things god bless the people who who can make spreadsheets and who make order in this world i'm so not good at it my house is a mess right now Mm. us a mess um but um (laughs) you guys will laugh at me um but there's something i just got lost
1: uh, we're talking about order, you're, you, in your in children's ministry uh-huh. you,
0: yes. you love the So I love getting to do the beautiful things, but um, when I do the things that are the daily grind things, if I can remember to play in the midst of it, um, it makes a difference. If I remember that that's, how about this, even in the midst of having a job this year that's like a straight job, um, I've been thinking hard about... Wait, can I do this and play at the uh-huh. same time? So I think it's even—I think it's even kind of kicked it in. How can I do this um, with a sense? Here's another another idea. It's not exactly the same thing, but how can I do this with a sense of levity? Mm. How can I do this with a lightness and with uh, with vision? Um, and I go, why am I making spreadsheets right now? Because there are these children, and on Sunday morning this is going to happen, this is going to help these children get closer to where, I, I need big vision. Yeah, I really need big vision mm. to get things done. Mm. And when I get lost in little, when I get lost in the little tasks that I have to do, I get lost, so. I mean, I, I think most people probably, there might be, there are people who I'm sure enjoy the actual game of making a spreadsheet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um,
0: sure. Yeah, are you one? I like you one? spreadsheets. Do yeah. you like spreadsheets?
1: Yeah. <sighs> Joanne was raising her hand over here. She loves them.
0: Yeah, I mean it, that's beautiful. <laughs> that there are people who enjoy order, um, who enjoy the actual process of making order it is not. It's really hard for me. Yeah. 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 I, I, it is, and it it doesn't inherently give me joy. So I hmm. have to tack it onto why are why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am. It's very hard for me to do things if I don't remember the big idea. Hmm. Um, I do, so I talk a lot when people talk to me about what we're up to in the world about the great big story. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to segue to that poem? We don't have to get to cancer yet.
1: I, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jonathan. Okay, so Jonathan, at some point, asked me, and if you have a plan, you could just just bump I, me in another okay, direction. Okay, I was
1: definitely going to trans. I was going to segue. For, uh-huh. I was just waiting for a pause. <laughs> 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 Good luck. <laughs> so I, I'm going to segue right this minute. Yeah, yeah, sir. Um, the first time you were on the Habit Podcast, uh-huh. I think it was like episode four. You were one of the very first people. Jonathan,
0: I, I think I was episode one.
1: Okay. Cool. Even better,
0: <laughs> <laughs> because I remember being really honored. that I couldn't believe it. I, you guys can fact check that too, yeah. I'm, but I'm, I'm pretty sure very, I was like it, number
1: yeah. I, I think you're right. I think I think that is right. Um, it was and cool. we're coming up on episode 200, by the way. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And um, that's amazing. But you had we were talking about your book of cancer poems. Uh-huh. Now I lay me down to fight. Uh huh. Um, and um, I my you know as i as i was thinking about this conversation i was really curious to know what does play have to do with cancer poems because that's pretty heavy stuff these are heavy poems a lot of I mean, yeah a lot of them
0: it was, yeah cuz cancer is heavy it's a very heavy <laughs> yeah yeah. So, I, always, I always feel at this point in the conversation, I need to go ahead for the sake of people who are concerned. I do not currently have cancer. It's been five years. So just no, just wait. a heads up. Let's just take yeah. that load off right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I did have cancer. I had a, I had a very serious cancer. Um, I had a cancer called inflammatory breast cancer, and it's the kind that multiplies in days. Um, a few years ago, I found out that until a few years ago in Australia, they still just put people in hospice when they had it so i mean there's there's uh, needlessly education's getting around there are there are things to be done now but um but it was really really scary and it was a serious race against the clock um but in the process of that um yeah i wrote i wrote now i lay me down to fight throughout the course um throughout the course of cancer treatment which is the better part of a year and um and I and I didn't write these to write a book I I found um, I found so over the years I, I've written jazz for kids I've written hymns I've written stories and essays and I've always written poetry but I found that when I desperately needed to get words out, and I needed to express myself, or I was going to die emotionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that I went back to poetry um, because it's kind of it's kind of the the mother tongue. Um, you uh, you can distill down what you're saying um, to its essence, and and I found myself um, I found myself writing in it's in my most concentrated form. Yeah. Yeah, it was just getting all of it out as best I could with the best words that I could to get some shape and form around all of these unbelievably heavy emotions. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That doesn't sound playful.
0: So, um, wait, what page is it on, Jonathan? Because we talked right before, oh, wait, yep. round, right, Kumo poem, there, oh. Yeah, there aren't page numbers. There, are, there will be when it comes out in November again. Okay. Sorry yeah proper page number okay um, in order to pull that off, um, I often use my imagination it wasn't um, it's not dissociating it's um, it's using all of the it wasn't going somewhere else. I wasn't just hiding from having cancer but my imagination came very much into play. Um, both about things were, that I knew were true and real in front of me and also the things that were true and real that I couldn't see. Yeah. I took everything that I knew that was true that could help me live life in the middle of potentially dying. And, I, I mean, I called down heaven. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, took, I took all the resources I had at my disposal when I wrote. And so um, I did a lot of... Um, I did a lot of praying with as much of my imagination as I had. My imagination was what helped me survive. Mm-hmm. Um, considering um, what could this mean in light of what I know about life and what I know about death and what I know about God who, um, who brings life after death, who is the enemy of death, who has defeated death, that death is a defeated foe. I mean, there's nothing to really make you love life like a really good look at death. <laughs> But okay, so I'm going to read this one. It's called Chemo Poem Number One, and I'm reading it for the sake of saying this is a way that I engaged my imagination when it came to um, when it came to writing poems during cancer. So this is, um, yeah, this is right as I began chemo. And for a little context, it's two weeks before, right before I started, right before I had a cancer diagnosis, I had this lovely scholarship to go to Martha's Vineyard and study writing. So I just had this week... After years of homeschooling and having a husband touring on the road, where I got this scholarship to just go hang out on Martha's Vineyard with another friend who also had a scholarship, amazingly. And we just had a whole week to write and Mm -hmm. to sharpen our skills and to, um, yeah, so it was amazing to me. I mean, in in fairly immediate hindsight, that when I needed my writing tools available, I just had a chance to put all my arrows in a quiver. Mm. Um, So, okay, so this is chemo poem number one. Let's try writing with music on. Let's try writing during chemo. Two weeks ago, I wrote by the ocean. Ridiculous prima ballerina sunsets laying their souls out inches across ocean, gloriously arched over, over backwards, Illumining footlight waves past the overpriced fish and chips, salty air and malt vinegar, ocean eternal, I wrote and wrote easy words in seashores of time. Two weeks later, I write in chemo, with Goldberg variations infusing through my headphones, running down fear with beauty, with trastuzumab infusing through my body's tunnels, like some Cossack mob, conquering and burning overpopulating cells run amuck. I can't say I like this better, but I can't say it's worse for writing. Pain works just fine. Fear close as the CT scan suits. My days were measured before. Everybody's always are. The curtains just pulled back a bit. I always needed a deadline to get anything done.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it, um, there was a lot of considering the things that I couldn't see that I knew were going on. There were, uh, there's a sense where Things were going on in my body. There was a, there was there were actual real things going on in my body that um that determined whether I was going to live or die. And they mm-hmm. are true even though I couldn't see them. And there are also things going on spiritually that I cannot see that are very much true. Yeah. So there was a lot of me connecting all those planes. Because mm-hmm. they all they all are. Yeah. Madeline Langle goes there beautifully over and over again. Mm. I love that in her sci-fi books. She, uh, she goes from way up in the universe, you know, where suddenly we're, 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 we're crossing through planes and we're kithing with our minds and we're tessering across universes. And then she has another book where she makes up these little ferrandele, these tiny little micro, they're, they're not real. I, I thought they were real. <laughs> but she makes up these tiny, whatever they are, itty bitty bits, but there's a whole universe going on in this mm-hmm. tiny, um, yeah, it's all true.
1: Yeah. It's all true.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, well, the are not true. <laughs> but the idea that there are very real things going on um, and and absolutely essential things going on micro and meta. Yeah. Me- micro and meta. My hands just went the wrong way when I did micro and meta for the podcast. <laughs> Little, big. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. Um. The by the way, I love that image of the Cossack mob conquering the cells. That's great. <laughs> um, it was kind
0: of brutal. I needed I needed some brutal imagery in there. Yeah, I need something to go in there and um, yeah, beat things up.
1: Is there a parallel there? I think there might be between you know the, the way children like those kinds of sort of you know whether it's cops and robbers or, or whatever. These games of of uh, imagining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a force of justice. Justice. Superheroes. Su- Superheroes, yeah. Superheroes That's and bad of, guys. and
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally, don't you think? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when kids are playing those games, there's a... Uh, yeah, you're, you're trying all that on and seeing... Yeah, kids yeah. know a lot of those things innately, don't they? No, yeah. I, I do love... um, I, I love hanging around kids, too, because they, they kind of cut to the chase, but they're dealing with all the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the things... Uh, when it comes to writing for children. Oh, so we did this book a couple years ago. Um, Me and Flo Oaks and Tish Harrison Warren um, wrote this book um, called Little Prayers for Ordinary Days. And it's such a little book of prayers. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I always feel the need to say, it's such a little book of prayers for little ones. But it was really hard to do Mm -hmm. because we wanted to take care because when you say things to children, you want to say it in words that they, um, that they can that they can understand well. But 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 they need big ideas. Yeah. yeah, they need true truth expressed in such a way that little hearts can hold on. Uh, if you don't tell them the right thing and it keeps growing, you know, then you're not building on a square foundation there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well. And you've already spoken a little bit about your work in children's ministry, but do you, how can you say just a little bit more about how working with children has shaped the way shaped your the way you think about your own creative process? Yeah. Um, hmm. If you have more to say, and if you don't, that's fine too.
0: Yeah, I think I do. I'm going to think about it for a second here. Um, I mean, working with kids that. When you watch kids make stuff, um, oh, how about this? This is fun. Um, I I um, took this job because I love these children at this church. I love them a lot, and I've known them since they were born. But um, there's, there's a, a methodology and a curriculum called Godly Play uh-huh. that is based in Montessori. A guy named Jerome Berryman made it, and he's perfected it for, well, he's honed it for 40-something years. Mm. And I, I love it. Um, it's this beautiful, developmentally appropriate um, tool where you walk in a room, and you're it's essentially like you're walking into a Bible. It's mm-hmm. neat. It's like if you if you think of a nativity scene, telling you the story of Christmas and Advent and the nativity. There are stories. There are pieces like that for many stories of Scripture and stories of the Church. Um, but after you tell one of these stories. Um, one of the the, the part that after you've done the work of preparing the story and you memorize them and you you're doing you're doing the storytelling for children where you really pour your heart in and prepare and then you do wondering questions with them Mm. and those wondering questions have definitely informed my writing and some of them are um, I wonder what your favorite part of the story was I wonder what the most important part of the story was. And here's my favorite. I wonder if there are any parts of this story that we can leave out and still have all the story we need. Hmm. Um, I, last week, I told the children the story of the church calendar. And if you you, um, are used to a liturgical setting, there is, um, but the church, in, in many in many churches, there's an idea that we have a whole, um, there's, a, there's a yearly pattern to how we live life in the church. There's you know Advent and um, Christmas and Lent and Easter, and there's a time called Ordinary Time. In, in godly play, they call it Green Growing Time. Huh. Uh, so we have a puzzle for this that we show the children, and there has 52 blocks in it, 52 different colored blocks for different weeks of the year. And I asked them, I asked these kids who are looking at this, it's like, are there any um, are there any parts of this that we can take out and still have all the story they need we need? Like there's a whole bunch of those green blocks, those like those green growing blocks. It's like, okay, let's see, this is this week. What if we take this block out? Mm-hmm. And then they started to go, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. No, no, no. Like then they started thinking about what happened this week? We mm-hmm. need this block. We need all these blocks. We can't mm-hmm. take any of these out. Yeah. And when you start uh, yeah, when you start to think like that, are there any parts? It's also a fantastic editing tool. <laughs> yeah. are, there, are there any parts of the story? Can we kill this person? Do we need this guy?
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, it's, a, it's like, it's a, you know, there's kill your darlings for you. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's good. I don't know if we really need her. She's out.
1: Yeah. What
0: purpose does she serve? <laughs> That's great. I need the scene. It's
1: harsh. Um, I would, I, I would love to give folks in the audience a chance to ask some questions about some of the ideas you've you brought up a lot of big ideas do y'all have questions for um for katie we kind of
0: sorry i kind of hit a lot of stuff there yeah yeah
1: mm. and would somebody write down the questions for me oh, okay because we we don't have it you know it, mm-hmm. i'd like to be able to edit your answers in but we don't have microphones for All right, no. thank you Savannah. um monica
0: maybe i have to wait for the book to get this answer but i was wondering earlier how you would define play and i was thinking
1: as you were talking maybe making but and then just now i was thinking creating and how do you define play
0: I'm not there yet. I'm so far. I'm defining it in the negative. <laughs> it's not this. It's not this. It's not this. But and I'm try- I'm really. This kind of feels like this. This is an awful, awful analogy. But I keep going. This is like my eat, pray, love. Like this is. <laughs> this is like my. <laughs> this feels like my working through. I'm. How about this? I'm going to spend the next season, uh, and a couple. And a couple. I, I kind of have a little journey set up for myself. I'm going to go ask a lot of people about that. Um, I, there's a lot of really interesting um, Catholic theology from a couple hundred years ago. There's a lot of there's a doctrines of play that are fascinating. Do you know, you know the Dominican nuns at St. Cecilia have a daily discipline of play? The nuns are out there like they play kickball. Really? They drop what they do and they go play kickball.
1: I yeah. didn't know that.
0: I want to talk to them. I want to yeah. talk to people who work with kids. I want to talk... I wanna to talk to a lot of different people to try to get my head around what that looks like practically. Um, how about this though? Uh, have this, this crossed my mind as I was sitting in traffic thinking about talking to you guys who are, who are thinking about writing and playfulness. Um, playing doesn't necessarily necessitate, um, you don't have to have a product. It, it's kinda cool when it happens, yeah. but maybe give yourself the freedom to not come up with a product, say this weekend. Like yeah. if you don't come up with that idea that's going to turn into a book, maybe just let yourself play. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't yeah. have to get there. That's the other thing. Like playing doesn't have to end up somewhere. And if you put this, uh, I have to get something out of it at the end, then you've then you've taken the play out of it. Yeah. I think.
1: Yeah. I, I, so I, I think two things uh-huh. are are important in um, in thinking about what what's playing what isn't, and you. When you frame things in terms of time and time management, I think that was really helpful. Mm. You know, it, it, play somehow moves us outside of of time management. Yeah, in a way that work always. I mean, work without play always has to have that element of I've got to produce in this amount of time. Okay, I'm probably overstating the case, but but it's hard to imagine. Uh huh. You know, work that doesn't have a, a, a time element. Uh huh. Um. Hard for me to imagine let's just say that yeah um, unless it's infused with play yes unless it's the little boy building the tower of blocks that's work and play mm-hmm. but he's also absorbed in such a way that he's the time is not an issue yeah
0: this book idea um that i'm that i'm messing with right now part part of it's also a bit of a thought experiment for me because um i'm going from having a, much of my life over scheduled right now for a mm-hmm. season to I, I would like to have a space where I don't fill it with something for a bit and let's see what I make. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and I'm I, gonna give myself at least six weeks before mm-hmm. the kids get out of school, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make stuff and play. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where I don't know where it's gonna go, yeah. but I'm gonna mess with it for a yeah. little bit.
1: Yeah, because that, that relates. What my my this second item I think is is super important is. It has to be an end in itself and not a goal toward, not a means toward some goal. So it's not, I'm going to learn to play so that I can finally finish my project. Yes. Um, And I can't remember which book it is, Experiment and Criticism. Lewis talks about the idea that a person who plays soccer for health reasons might be a serious person but yeah. he's not a serious soccer player
0: <laughs> it's not for the sheer love of soccer yeah it's not ted lasso
1: no yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> it's coming yeah. up season three. that's funny ted lasso's whole the whole conflict is he wants to play and everybody else wants soccer to be a means towards some end yeah football i'm sorry
0: yeah it's, i mean i don't know yeah. but there but um this is interesting because i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna do this thing but also i want to put a book out yeah I really do. I, I feel like this is something, uh, it, it feels like a, a both and, and that it's like, can I, because putting out a book is work. Writing a book is mm-hmm, is work. Sure. Um, I mean, I think t- Tish Warren is, is like, yeah, uh, someone else has said it too, but she's quoted it's like, yeah, it's easy, just open a vein, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just, just write it down. Uh, it's, it's just, it's sometimes excruciatingly hard, but there's this, there's this element of, of play, even when I'm working hard at writing, mm-hmm. that makes me feel so alive. Mm-hmm. There is a creating time. I And mean, sometimes it feels like death too. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I kind of, I want to know if I can start a project with playing and if I can keep it. Through the process, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Yeah, if I can keep that idea of continuing, because I want that, I want the essence of that it, to, yeah. I think as I kick off going, I want to write. I want to write more books. I want to keep writing more books. Can I do that? Like, can I keep that playfulness, um, and that that open mindedness? And can I do it? Mm, yeah. yeah, it's a little scary, because playing because playing is an act of faith.
1: Yeah, yeah. it is. Well. Uh, Katie, I've been so happy that you've been with us to speak these wisdom, uh, this wisdom, and <laughs> the, offer this encouragement. and uh, And I'm really thankful for the ways that you do your work. I know you do it in some ways. You're doing it for yourself because you want to be more Katie, but yeah. a lot of us benefit from you being Katie. Well, let's wrap it up there. Thanks, John. Thanks, always. This podcast is brought to you by The Rabbit Room, where art nourishes community and community nourishes art. And all our podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our members. To learn more about us, visit rabbitroom.com. And to become a member, rabbitroom.com slash donate.